Welcome to another episode of Meet the Investigators from the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. I'm your host, Nicole Sothik, ICIJ's Editorial Fellow. For this episode, I spoke with Alberto Ariano. He's a Chilean journalist who's partnered with ICIJ on the Panama, Paradise, and Pandora Papers, and whose work has earned him countless awards. He's been a reporter and editor for CIPIR, a center for investigative journalism in Chile, and today is the director of investigations at Diego Portales University. And that's not all. Last year, his work on the Pandora Papers led to Chile's lower house impeaching the nation's president, Sebastian Piñera. We just want to, to expose the conflict of interest of the president and his family during, during his first government, and we never thought that uh, this would end in an impeachment, of course. But before we jump into that, I want you to hear his journalist origin story, because it's one of my favorites. When I was a child, I created a, a newspaper with one of my neighbors, where we write a couple of uh, pages, small stories about uh, the neighborhood where we live. We had uh, a typewriter, and we had time, so we started to, to write. It was in, in the early 90s, and we wrote those stories. Then uh, we print, we made copies, and then we sell it in a couple of pennies. It's a little bit embarrassing for me because I don't remember why uh, we call it like this, but uh, the name of the newspaper was uh, Sorimbo. So you were set on journalism pretty early on. Why did you choose to get a master's degree in history? I think that uh, journalism and history are very, um, very complementary. Both works with facts. Journalism with uh, the present time and history, of course, with the past. I thought that the more you know the past, the more you know the present. That link came in handy on one of Alberto's projects in 2014. El Millonario Negocio del Agua, which translates to the millionaire water business, was an investigation into a businessman who exploited an old law to make a fortune out of water. We, we had to go back in the 80s to understand how the water market in Chile works. In Chile, uh, there is a water market and it's not very transparent. Uh, for this story, we didn't receive any lead, uh, so we started to investigate from uh, big databases, public databases, in order to uh, find who were the owners of the water rights in Chile. The issue of water rights in Chile is a complicated one. In 1980, while Chile was still under a dictatorship, the country instituted a new constitution that privatized water. That meant a basic human right was in the hands of a few powerful businessmen. In this case, uh, the big surprise was the fact that we find that behind dozens of companies that have a lot of water rights from north to south of Chile was the same person, the same businessman. And we realized that in most cases, this businessman didn't develop any productive things with uh, those water rights, but he kept these water rights in order to speculate with the prices. So when the scarcity of water in Chile was a fact, uh, people like, like him uh, did a big business because they originally uh, got those water rights for free and forever from the state. So this is the case of this businessman that uh, made up at least uh, $25 million selling the water rights that the states 
gave to him uh, a lot of years ago. Did it surprise you to learn that this privatization process was still legal? Yeah, I think that it was the most surprising thing of the story. The problem is that we have water scarcity, so it was a a big contradiction of the system. But I I have to say that recently the law was um, uh, changed and uh, and now the the public interest is is in the first place. I think that we contribute to this um, subject we put this subject in the public opinion, uh, uh, not only among the citizens, but also uh, among the, the, the people that, that should make the, the, the laws uh, in Chile. It's hard to say any of Alberto's stories pushed the public opinion more than his investigation last year into Chilean President Sebastian Piñera, as part of the Pandora Papers. The Pandora Papers was a global investigation based on a trove of more than 11.9 million records from 14 offshore service providers. Those records included some shocking details about the president. It was revealed in the Pandora Papers that Pineda's family trust had sold a $125 million land holding in what is a biodiversity hotspot, allegedly in exchange for ensuring the area would be available for mining. Alberto, how did this story land on your lap? For this story, I worked uh, very closely with my colleague uh, Francisca Skognich, who is also a member of the ICAJ and the founder of uh, Labot which is uh, media in Chile. And at the very beginning, we found in the leak the name of President Piñera. We found uh, his passport. We found a light bill uh, with his name. And then we found uh, two offshore companies in BBI, British Virgin Island, uh, related with uh, their sons. Then we discover a big story because Francisca found very sensitive document. Uh, the most important finding was the fact that the family of the president sold in BBI, the shares they have in a Chilean mining company to one of the best friends of Piñera. The mining project is located in a very fragile place from the environmental point of view. And the business was set in three payments. And the last payment depend, uh, depended on that uh, place uh, wasn't recognized as a national or natural sanctuary. This decision depended on the governor uh, of the on the government and the head of the government at that time was Jose Piña. So uh, this story was about um, a big uh, conflict of interest. What was the reaction to your story? It was a scandal. I guess for for two things. First of all, the story itself, the business uh, conducted in BBI and so forth, the conflict of interest that uh, affected the uh, the president. But also, it was a scandal because uh, this story was in front of uh, many, many uh, media outlets abroad. I mean, El País, Washington Post, The Guardian. Everybody uh, saw the the Chilean president uh, involved in this scandal. So it was a big issue from the political and uh, communicational standpoint. Five uh, days later, after our publication, the National Prosecution Office opened an investigation against him, based on the information we published. Alberto and Francisca's explosive story had some serious impact. One month after publication, the president was impeached by the lower house, though he later survived impeachment in the Senate. But it was unexpected. 
we just want to to expose the conflict of interest of the president and his family during during his first government and we never thought that uh, this would end in an impeachment of course yeah it was uh, very rushed times uh, for us gratefully i, I received uh, a lot of help for my domestic issues i mean uh, working with my somebody who who worked every day with my dog because i didn't have time to to take care of, of him but it was a very uh, busy week and, and, and month Uh, we receive a lot, a lot of callings from every part of the world to assist to TV shows. It is normal that after uh, a couple of weeks, the, the rush uh, start to descend and, and we, we were able to take our normal lives uh, back again. And, but I don't remember uh, any other period with this, uh, with this pressure. Alberto's work on the Pandora Papers didn't end with President Piñera's impeachment. Just days ago, he and other ICIJ partners revealed that an offshore service provider allowed a Chilean arms dealer to hold offshore companies despite his shadowy past. This story uh, involves Chilean businessman Carlos Cardoen, and uh, he has a very interest, uh, interesting story because Carlos Cardoen became an important weapon producer uh, who made his fortune under the Pinochet dictatorship back in 1980. As a supplier for the local military government, but uh, soon he looked abroad and started to export to the Middle East uh, his production of weapons. He made his name in the international weapon market, but suddenly uh, a big issue stopped his career. The, the story, United States launched an investigation against him for buying zirconium, which is a, a very sensitive metal, not to fabricate mine, uh, mining explosive, as he declared officially declared uh, that, but for producing cluster bombs for Iraq. And uh, Cardoen appears uh, in, in, in this uh, second part of the Pandora Papers, linked to three to four uh, offshore companies. Among Alberto and his co-reporters' biggest findings is that the Panamanian offshore firm kept Cardoen as a client for years after Interpol issued a warrant for his arrest. A representative from Cardone's umbrella company said that the Panama entities are old and were created in response to the warrant, which, quote, made financial actions difficult. Alberto, how have journalistic collaborations like these affected your reporting? All the projects that I work with ICAJ learned to me to uh, follow the money, how to treat very sensible information, how to connect dots, work with a lot of people in Panama Papers. We were more than 350 journalists. In Pandora Papers, we were more than 650 journalists. They were uh, very exciting projects uh, from the team working. It's beautiful uh, at some point uh, to see that journalism today is about collaborate more than go uh, alone. What story throughout your career are you most proud of? It's not easy uh, to pick one. Saying that, uh, I can um, tell you that I am finishing uh, my first book. I will publish it uh, in a couple of months. My first book is uh, about how the financial and political power um, became owner of the most popular soccer team in Chile, which is Colo Colo. So suddenly, a businessman with a big influence in politics and, and, and the stock market and, and so forth, by Colo Colo. 
among those businessmen was, uh, guess who? Former President Sebastián Piñera, for example. It's not um, a book about soccer, of course, uh, but it's a book about power. I, I hope this uh, is my, my best story so far. The book, which Alberto has been working on for the last four years, will appear in a collection of books at the Investigative Center at Diego Portales University, a program that he directs. We are a team here uh, devoted to, to find, investigate and write good stories. And uh, so far, uh, this center has published more than 40 books of uh, investigative journalism and many digital pro uh, projects on issues like human rights, water scarcity, uh, the influence of evangelical churches in politics, and how they organized, uh, organized crime and narco-traffic spread, uh, spread their uh, tentacles in our country. Now we are working with uh, eight new journalists who are writing new books for, for our uh, collection. And we are producing our first podcast. We will launch it uh, at the end of November in six episodes. And the podcast, uh, it's about two gangs formed by teenagers who fight for a territory to sell uh, drugs. And uh, also we are uh, organizing um, a journalism uh, festival with Ciber uh, Chile uh, for, the, for November as well. As if all that isn't enough, Alberto is also a professor. Uh, I teach um, investigative journalism and uh, data journalism. After a decade of working in investigative journalism, uh, I think that uh, shared the knowledge and experience with uh, young people who is looking uh, to develop uh, a career in this field is a must. What tips do you have for some of these young journalists? I would say listen more than talk, uh, but speak with people. I think that uh, we have a little bit the, the capacity to, to communicate with each other during the pandemic times. Um, read newspapers, of course, on a daily basis. I think that good information is not in social media. Uh, people is um, more and more uh, consuming information from social media and uh, journalists also. Read, read a lot, read and enjoy books to, of course, to learn to write. For example, uh, I think that most you read, better you write. Ask questions that no one has asked. And be ethic, ethic, always. That's another episode of Meet the Investigators. Thanks to Alberto Ariano for joining me today. Make sure to tune in next month when we'll dive even deeper into the lasting impact of the Pandora Papers as we celebrate the project's one-year anniversary. Meet the Investigators is a production of the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. This episode was produced and edited by me, Nicole Sodik, with help from Hamish Boland Rudder. As always, don't forget to share the episode on social media using the hashtag MeetTheInvestigators. See you next month. <laughs>